episode three yes of this like four part series um, like four into, part episode into the inferno i think yeah something like is. that um so we start and azula is having a little spa day looks mm. very relaxing um she's getting ready for her coronation as fire lord and she's eating cherries and one of them has a pit and she basically like snaps at the servant and banishes her um and it's like all of these little things are just crack 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 in her facade in yep. her you know self image um because like it i don't think it's necessarily out of character but it is a bit extreme like i don't know if azula when she's like doing good would react that way mm-hmm. you know like this is this is getting kind of bad you know yeah um you know zuko and katara are like you know what if ang doesn't come back and katara's like ang will come back ang mm-hmm. will do this he has to like right. she still believes in ang no matter what and i love that i love that she always always believes in ang um i mean it's mentioned from the very beginning and i believe one day the avatar would save the world yeah but it's true. Yeah, yeah. No matter what, she has always believed in Aang and mm. believed in his power and his, you know, in him, you know. So, um, basically, Suki, uh, Toph, and Sokka are trying to get onto the airships to help stop the, like, destruction of the Earth Kingdom. Um, they are a great team. I think they work really well together. Yes. Um, they, they, they see the, like, the air balloon going up and Toph, like, shoots them into the air. Mm-hmm. And they get onto the the airship and, you know, Toph, like, bends the metal around her like a suit of armor, like, fights all the guys in the control room, which is so crazy and amazing. It is. Um, And then (laughs) Sokka's like, all right, take the wheel. (laughs) Toph is like, what? Let the blind girl (laughs) steer the ship. Great idea. (laughs) Like, I was talking to Suki. Oh, yeah, that would make more sense. (laughs) Something I want to say also is the animation in this episode is really cool, too. Yeah. Because it has a lot of that, like, 3D-ish animation, especially with the airships. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool. It's really, it adds a nice, like, different layer to the um, animation. Yeah. With the way that the the, uh, airships look. So that's really cool. (laughs) And then, okay, I just want to say something. This is very funny. So, like, it cuts to Ozai, and he's standing, like, on the airship. And he's like standing on that little platform. Imagine if he just fell. Just slipped. <laughs> and then it's like the end. <laughs> oh my God. That would have been hilarious. Like, I just immediately like, see him on that little platform. I was like, what if he just fucking fell? What if he just what? Because he, he didn't have a. Thing. No, he didn't have a harness. Yeah. There wasn't a guard really just no. standing on this little <laughs> Just falls. And it's like the end. Do, 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 do. <laughs> we did it guys yeah. <laughs> that should have been like uh like an outtake they a like blooper. animated it yeah, yeah, yeah that should have been <laughs> i mean in reality he would have just flew back up yeah i mean oh definitely but like that still. would have been so funny that would have been hilarious yeah um <laughs> so the comet's coming and everybody's getting super crazy powerful um it cuts back to azula in the throne room surrounded by blue flames which is really really cool it is um, you know, because like I, you know, assumed that the fire that was around the throne was just like a fire that they just put there for the aesthetic, mm-hmm. you know, um, and as a firebender, when like Azulon or Ozai would get mad, sure, it would move, but they weren't creating the fire. It was just already there. Like there's like, you know, like spark in the floor. Um, so the fact that maybe that's not the case and that the fire lord sets that fire and azula was like blue fire is like boo <laughs> because it just paints the whole throne room as very very cold mm-hmm. and i think that's really interesting um and basically azula calls the dailian and she says that they're going to betray her because they betrayed long fang and like how does how does she know that they're not going to betray her and they you know we would never do that we love you azula she banishes them yeah more cracks more cracks she she doesn't feel like she can trust anyone because all the people that she normally would trust are gone right you know may and tylee are gone her father abandoned her in her mind and you know i i I, honestly i think even zuko abandoning her probably cut in a way that she didn't realize or acknowledge at first Mm. you know and so it cuts back to there's a lot of like 
jumping back and forth. Yeah. So it cuts back to Sokka on the airship, and they're like, how are we going to get, you know, everybody off? How are we going to stop these airship? And he he does it by telling a joke, <laughs> which at the beginning of the show, he's like, jokes and pranks won't win a war. Actually, they kind of do, though. Yeah. And he, like, pulls down the thing, and he's like, hey, it's somebody's birthday. <laughs> We're going to have a party. Everybody go to this place. And the crew believes him. The crew, like, believes him, and they go, and they make awkward small talk. You know, like, just reminder that, like, these are all human beings, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, like, yeah, they're all fighting in a war, so they're not necessarily good people. But, like, they are just people. Probably you know, in this cycle that they can't really get out of. You know, I don't know if they necessarily want to destroy the Earth Kingdom, but they're there. They're just following yeah. orders. Um, <laughs> the, mm, and he's like, do you know whose birthday it is? No. I can't believe the captain remembered my birthday. He really does care. <laughs> and then they all fall into the water. It's like, happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> It's a nice little like happy moment or silly moment in a very serious episode. I appreciated it. I like the sm- I do like the awkward small talk that they had. Though. Yeah, it, it just it felt genuine. Yeah, because if you are working amongst a bunch of people, you're not gonna know everybody. Yeah, but it's like, hey, I'm such and such. I'm from communications. Like, oh, I work in the engine room, which is why we never met because you know, big airship. Yeah, you know. <laughs> It just felt real genuine. I honestly, I want like a whole episode about those guys. I just want to know what their lives are like. (laughs) What are their lives like? Yeah. So then it cuts to the White Lotus and they're helping uh, protect Ba Sing Se from like inside Ba Sing Se. And like Zhang Zhang is fucking like flying, just like flying with with, like fire under his feet, like a jetpack. It's so cool. Uh, Pian Dao is like slicing people up with his sword and like sliding on ice and everything. And like, it's just bunch of old men just kicking ass and i yeah. like that <laughs> um yeah like Shock Shock's just straight up flying like, it's crazy it's blowing yeah <sighs> it's really really cool mm-hmm. um yeah the the amount of power that the firebenders have is kind of crazy because i don't think there's an equal to it because yeah the waterbenders get more powerful on the full moon but not like this yeah like this is crazy amount of power um and you can understand why sozin would use it to attack why ozai would use it to attack because the amount of power that every single firebender has is ridiculous yeah you know yeah so then it cuts back to azula and she is and she brings in leah low and she banishes them because they suggest that like maybe you need some sleep maybe just sleep maybe like not do this right now like maybe just relax for a day because clearly you're cracking and she, you know, thinks it's a betrayal and she thinks it's like a, a, you know, a way to get her, you know, alone and attack her. So she banishes them. <laughs> well, first she makes them fight an Agni Kai, mm, which like... they can't do because they're not firebenders. Right. Which surprised me. That was like something that really caught me off guard. I honestly thought that they were firebenders. No. Because I, I always thought that the reason that they hung around with Azula was because they were her teachers. Because when we're first introduced to them... They, like, comment on her firebending form. Mm. But no, they're literally just, like, babysitters. That's literally all they are, which is so weird. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Why does she need babysitters like that? I don't know. Anyway, um, so, yeah, they're banished. Well, one of them is banished. Yeah. They don't know which one. <laughs> and then it cuts to Azula trying to do her hair. And she can't do it. I feel you, girl. I'm terrible at doing my hair. <laughs> and so she, like, chops a bunch of it off. And it's it's a bad look. <laughs> And she sees her mother in the mirror. And, you know, Ursa, I say with air quotes, um, basically says that, you know, you, you're breaking. You know, you're scared and you're confused. You know, you use fear to control people and you can't do that anymore. And now you don't know what to do. And you need to stop. Like, and... I think this, this moment was when Azula, like, lost it. Like, when she lost it was when her mother showed up in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And something that's very interesting is, you know, Azula says, like, oh, even you thought I was a monster. You were afraid of me. And Ursa goes, no, I love you, Azula. I do. And I think that's so important. 
because this is Ursa from Azula's mind. This is not Ursa in real life. This is not a spirit. This is what Azula thinks of Ursa. And so the fact that even though Azula says, my mother thought I was a monster, my mother hated me, my mother was afraid of me, the fact that Ursa doesn't say anything like that, she doesn't get angry, she doesn't yell at Azula, instead she just tells Azula that she loves her, that's the truth. Mm. And I think Azula knows that, but she's not ready to face it. I think deep, 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 deep down in Azula's core, she knows her mother loved her, mm. but she can't handle that. Because if Ursa loved her, that means Ozai didn't. Ooh. You know? Yeah. And if Ursa loved her, that means that her and Zuko are not one better, one worse. You know? Right. And and so I think Azula can't handle that, and that's why she breaks the glass, and that's why she starts crying. Because, you know... She ruled through fear. You know, she knows that. Ursa from Azula says that. And now she's got nothing left. And and so who does she call when she's at her wit's end? She calls her mom, you know, which is like so like primitive. That feeling of like calling out for your mother is so primitive. And um, the fact that Ursa doesn't belittle Azula, doesn't yell at her, doesn't say she hates her, doesn't try to, you know, make her angry. You know, the fact that all she does is say, no, I loved you. I love you. You know, like I'm, you know, you're scared and confused. It's okay. And that breaks Azula. Like, I think that's so important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think Azula knows that her mother loves her. And like I said, if Ursa loved her, then that means Ozai didn't. And she's not ready to face that yet. And that cuts deep. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. It is really sad. So then it cuts to... Um, Ozai and Aang and Aang is waiting for Ozai on like a cliff and they see each other and Ozai basically like rises up on the like fire and honestly I think it's probably a good thing that they're doing this now because fire is the weakest bending that Aang has and now he's like super powerful in it so <laughs> I think it evens out you know yeah kind of you know like <laughs> now Aang's super powerful in fire bending um Ozai lets his ship crash. There are people on it. What a jerk. Doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, doesn't care. Um, and then he and Aang basically start to fight. Uh, what's interesting to me about this whole thing is that this is the very first time they ever m- meet. Yeah. Could you imagine that? Be like, are you the Fire Lord? I'm supposed to fight him. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? I'm the Avatar. Oh, good. I'm supposed to kick your ass. Okay. Like, they no don't know shit. what each other looks like. <laughs> It's just, it is crazy because usually in, um, just in TV shows in general, the main villain and the protagonist, they will have uh, some one-offs and everything, and then they have their final showdown. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, it's, this is the very first time. Yeah, and this is what they do. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's just, um, I, I like, I like the, I like the little speech that Ozai gives. He's just like, you know, for a hundred years. Fire lords, pa- fire lords passed me, couldn't find you, and the universe just by chance brought you to my feet. Like what? Oh my god! Like this is amazing. Now I get to kill you right, he- right here and now. And yeah. I-, I thought that was like that's the first thing he says to the avatar. Yeah, the bane of his existence. Yeah, you know that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I will say, you know, I make fun of Ozai and everything, but like it's a really awesome fight. Yeah, like it's a really awesome fight. Um. Meanwhile, all the other airships are, like, sending down fire. They're sending down so much fire that even Toph can see it. Yeah. Which is crazy because that's a lot. And they're just destroying the land. They're just no no concern about what's there. They're just destroying it. They have no consideration for anything. Basically, uh, Sokka is like, we have to stop all the airships. How are we going to do that? And he tells Toph to, like, metal bend the fin so that it turns. And basically, he makes the airship that they're on hit all the other airships so that they all go off course and, like, crash. Mm-hmm. And um, they're running, and they're trying to get off the airship. And there's this moment where um, Suki falls, and they get separated. And, like, you see Sokka's face, and it's, like, Yue all over again. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, don't worry, I'm okay. And I'm like, you damn are, Suki. She she ends up taking the whole ship yeah. on her own. It's crazy. Oh, God, I love Suki. Yeah, yeah. but... 
But there's this moment, and then Toph has to be like, let's go! <laughs> and then we cut back to Zuko and Katara, because um, Azula is, like, literally just about to get crowned. Um, just about to get crowned Fire Lord. It's a very kind of weird moment, because, like, no one's there. Because mm. she, like, banished everybody. Yeah. And, um... So Zuko's like, I'm here. I'm going to be Fire Lord, not you. And she's like, fine. Okay. Agni Kai. And Katara's like, you can't fight her. And he's like, no. There's something off about her. Really, Zuko? Something's off about her? You just you just guess at that? You think something's off? Maybe it's like her crazy hair and crazy eyes. But like, yeah, something's off about something's her. You can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> She's slipping. Yeah, I know. We all know. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of visible. Yeah. It it definitely feels like destiny for Zuko and Azula to have this Agni Kai because they've basically spent their whole lives competing against each other and here they are doing it for real. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sad that it has to come to this, but it felt it feels like it was always building up to this, like one big fight, you know? And the choice of uh music but when yes. they're fighting, it's very interesting. Cause, oh my god, yes. I, I have a note about that, yeah. Because the fact that you mentioned that is sad. When uh, Aang and Ozai are fighting is boom, 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 boom. Big, dramatic. But when it's Zuko and Azula is, uh, you know, a sweet violin. is almost crying. Yeah. Because siblings are fighting. and It's tragic. It's tragic. It's tragic. I don't think, like, Zuko is prepared to fight Azula. He's prepared to win that Agni Kai. I don't think he wants to. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wants to even fight this Agni Kai. You know, I don't think he wants to do any of this. I mean, Azula's his sister, regardless of like, you know, him saying that she was awful to him and that he doesn't like her. You know, he's still her brother. And for them to fight this way and have an Agni Kai, which normally ends in death, like, the whole time, like, when they're fighting, like, Azula's, like, talking and this and that. He is just fighting. He's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Because he's, like, this is not, I have to get through this. So, yeah, it is very sad. It's it's tragic. And I'm happy that the music paints it that way. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, meanwhile, Aang is finding Ozai. And he's running again. Yeah. He's not standing and fighting. He's running away. Because that's that's kind of what he does. And I don't mean to insinuate that he's like a coward. I just mean that his first idea, his first thought is always to be on the, you know, the defensive and run and, and you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, but then he stops and he redirects Ozai's lightning. And you see Ozai's face. He was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. Be- and you know what I can't help but think is like him going... Who the fuck taught him Zuko? <laughs> Who the fuck taught him how to have lightning bed, Zuko? <laughs> but I I read this really interesting like post. Um, I'll try to see if I can find it and link it. But like someone was saying that when Aang redirects the lightning, that is the climax of the fight. Hmm. Not when he like gets the avatar state or when he actually like, you know, um gets Ozai, but like that moment. Because that's the moment when the battle turns, you know, mm-hmm. because he's showing Ozai that he is just as powerful and Ozai won't be able to hurt him the way that he's hurt other people. And I was like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a moment where Ozai's like, oh, shit. Um, but then Aang falls and and then he gets back up and then they start fighting again. And it's a, it, Aang is still sort of running, but it's a little more like they're actually fighting, fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, you could kind of see on Ozai's face. That he senses that uh, Aang is weak when it comes to this. Yeah. Because after Aang shoots the lighting somewhere else, not at Ozai, Ozai smiles. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, okay, I see where this is going. Like, yeah. you, you can't do this, can you? Yeah. You know, and that's when he starts toying with him. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, It's like a very, it's a very interesting moment because it's a moment where it's like, oh, shit. But then it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Zula and Zuko are fighting. It's really, really cool in the um, visuals because it's just like the blue and the and the red fighting against each other. Zuko breaks out some breakdance moves. You know, it's fun. <laughs> um, Azula is like all over the place. Yeah. She normally, her fighting style is very precise. She is all over the place. And Zuko is just not giving her an inch. You know, he is just so steady and strong and everything and she's just breaking apart and it like i said it's sad you know because you can see in his face that he's just he doesn't want to be there 
you know? Yeah. Um, and then he stupidly, I don't know why he does this. Because <laughs> you know what? At the end of the day, he's still Zuko. He's it's, still Zuko. <laughs> it seems to be a common thing that like a lot of good guys do. They start talking. And it's like, oh, like if you do such and such, I'll be able to uh, come um, reverse it or whatever. It's like, why do you give away your trump card? Yeah. Why are you give them an idea? <laughs> like, come on. Like, hold that in. Like, like you have shows. Like, for example, I, I, I'm not going to pick out a specific show, but just like a scenario. Someone's fighting. Um, Two people are fighting. The protagonist has the special sword that will defeat the villain once and for all. And at, in the midst of their fighting, they whip out the sword. They block something. And the villain is like, where did you get that sword? And it's like, I got this sword from such and such and such and such. And, such, and it's going to defeat you. And then the villain goes and like breaks the sword or something. It's like, why would you pull out the sword? <laughs> Save it for later. Like, come on. And this yeah. is what Zuko did. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, Zuko, just... Keep your mouth shut. Just keep it shut. <laughs> so he says that, and Azula's like, oh, you want to see lightning? Okay. And, I mean, I, I kind of think a little bit in the back of my brain, I think Zuko was like, oh, this will be really cool. <laughs> Let me taunt her, get her to shoot lightning at me, and then I'll redirect it. It'll blow her mind. I think maybe a little bit he was thinking that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he says that she gets the lightning going, and then she shoots it at Katara. What was Katara doing in the ring? What was Katara doing in the ring? Listen, I love Katara. What was she doing in the ring? Why was she on the bat? Why was she on the arena? What was she doing there? Mm. You know, like, mm. guess what? Azula would have shot it at Zuko. Zuko would have redirected it. And they would have just, I guess they would have just kept on fighting. So it's probably, I guess, for the better of everybody that Katara was there. But like, still, Katara, what were you doing there? Why were you there? Anyway, Azula cheats, mm -hmm. and she shoots lightning at Katara. Zuko, because he cares about Katara, he runs, and he tries to stop the lightning, but because he doesn't have, like, a solid base, he ends up unable to redirect it, and it kind of just goes into him. And he falls, and then Azula starts, like, attacking Katara. Mm -hmm. um, which, I guess... In, like, official Agni Kai rules, she shouldn't do at all. Like, yeah, she definitely should have enough shot Lightning and Katara. But, like, having shot Zuko and him falling should have been the end of the Agni Kai. But Azula's like, nope, I gotta <laughs> kill as many people as I can. Yeah. Um, And she goes after Katara and... Almost like a horror movie the way she was. Yeah. You know. she, yeah. It's, it's a real, it's a real uh, shift from how she normally fights. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we go into the last episode. Last episode. Avatar Aang. Avatar Aang. And um, so we start off with Sokka and Toph, like, basically, like, running across the airships, like, fighting people as they can. All the airships are being, like, crashing into each other. Um, and Sokka and Toph are, like, holding hands as they run, which is cute because, mm -hmm. like, Toph is blind. And they end up falling, and uh, Sokka breaks his leg. And he's basically holding Toph by, like, one hand. She's just hanging there, which is so scary. That's so scary. And there are these two firebenders on either side of them. And Sokka uses his um, his space sword to get one of them. Goodbye to space sword. Mm -hmm. I hope he gets space sword back. Me too. I, I don't know if they ever talk about this in, like, the comics or anything. But I hope he gets it back or is able to make a new one. Like, right. that was so cool, that space sword. And then he uses his trusty boomerang to get the other. And then he says, I don't think boomerang is coming back. Which, like, it's such a quick line. But, like, damn if that doesn't hit you. Because, like, I feel like the boomerang is such a symbol of Sokka's, like, youth and his childhood. And so for him to be like, I don't think boomerang is coming back. As Toph is, like, slipping from his hands is like, ooh. Ooh. As, again, it just goes to the good writing. Because you had to build up to that. Yeah. You know? So many one-offs with the boomerang build yep. up to that. If they only showed the boomerang, like, once or twice, it wouldn't mean anything. Yeah. But, yeah, like you said, it's part of his character. Yeah, it's, it's part, part of, of his... him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, just when all hope seems lost, Toph is slipping. There are a bunch of firebenders ready to attack them. Suki comes to save the day. Yay. Suki. 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 
Um, <laughs> she comes and she's beautiful with the wind blowing in her hair. <laughs> I love her so much. So she comes and she saves them and it's all great. Mm -hmm. And basically then it cuts to Ozai and Aang and they're fighting even more. And, you know, Aang is, Aang is trying to like shoot back with fire, with air. He gets some water, you know, but Ozai is like kind of overpowering him. And basically Aang like goes into this like little ball and like to hide basically. And Ozai is just trying to like heat him from the inside. <laughs> And then he pushes the the ball and he pushes Aang into a bunch of rocks. And at, like it's deus ex machina. And a lot of people don't <laughs> like deus ex machina, but I think it serves a purpose here. Yeah, it does. You know, I mean, sometimes you just gotta. And he makes Aang and like Aang's back hits a rock and it hits him in the spot that Azula shot the lightning. So it unlocks his chakras and he's able to get into the avatar state. Let me tell you, I need someone to crack my back like that. <laughs> I need I need someone to like next time I go to get a, like a massage or something and they're like so what do you want us to do I'm gonna say hey you know that part in Avatar <laughs> where Ozai pushes Aang into the rock and it unlocks all of his chakras that can you do that for me <laughs> just awaken me spiritually yeah yeah my my back sucks um yeah but it's also I think it's very interesting because like obviously Ozai didn't know but like he did that to himself yeah he did like by pushing Aang into the rock instead of just like. I don't know, waiting for Aang to come out of the rock and then killing him. He, whoops, you done played yourself. Um, <laughs> so Aang reaches the Avatar state, grabs Ozai by his goat beard, mm -hmm. and uh, it's on. And um, Ozai tries to uh, hit Aang in the face with like a hand of fire. Uh, like, maybe not exactly like, but similar to what he probably did to Zuko. Mm -hmm. And Aang's mm -hmm. like, nope. <laughs> Those old tricks won't work on me. It was at this moment Ozai realized he fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So Aang basically is in the Avatar state and um he and Ozai start fighting. But what's really, really cool is that Aang is in control of mm. the Avatar state now. Um he's not just blindly using his powers. He's able to really like control what he does, which is awesome. Yes. Um and here's, so here's my opinion. I think that Aang could have won without the Avatar state. I don't think he necessarily needed it. I don't think he needed it for the power. I think he needed it for the support mm. that being in the Avatar state gave him. Um, because Aang has always been a very powerful bender, even without the Avatar state. So I think had he had the confidence, had he had the support, had he had the kind of backup of the Avatar state, he would have been able to fight Ozai just fine and possibly win. Mm. I don't think the Avatar state was essential to Aang winning, but I think it was like that boost he needed because at the very, very end, he's not in the Avatar state. Right. You know, um, I think it was just he needed to feel them all behind him. You know, he needed to feel the power and know that he had the control, you know? Yeah. They start fighting and everything, and then it cuts back to Azula and Katara and Zuko's on the ground, so Azula and Katara are fighting. And honestly, like, props to Katara, because she's fighting a firebender at their most powerful. Yeah. Like, that's that's <laughs> rough. That, that's tough, you know. And she's able to win because of her cleverness, because of her quick thinking, you know. Um, And she basically, like, uses this water that's underneath them to, like, kind of f freeze um, Azula in place. And then she freezes her, freezes her. She wraps some, like bar like metal chains around her and like attaches her to those grates so she can't move and she wins yep and she's done and it, it, it's a really i think symbolic moment because you have the idea that azula and katara are foils that they're both sister characters and so here's katara overpowering and defeating azula to become zuko's sister i mean obviously not to say that like azula and zuko can't figure something out later but as of right now she is overcoming the hurt and the fear and the anger of the relationship between azula and zuko and bringing love and healing and friendship and care into that sibling relationship right you know um and she you know is going to heal zuko and teach him what a real sibling relationship is like and then maybe he'll be able to heal azula yeah you know 
And then it ends with, with Azula chained to the ground, screaming and crying and, and shooting fire. And it's sad. It's pathetic. It's pitiful. It's sad. Because, like, the thing is, Azula could have gotten out of that. She could have melted those chains. She has fire. You know, it, she might have hurt herself, but she could have melted those chains. And I think any other time she would have. But after what I think is just a really bad two weeks, a really bad two weeks, <laughs> she, she doesn't want to fight, I yeah. don't think. She's done. You know, she's been broken too far. And now there's, no, ooh, and now there's nothing left, you know? Yeah. It cuts back to... Aang and Ozai and they're fighting and Aang has this like cool like ball thing and it has like all the elements and he's just he's honestly he's just following Ozai now he's not even like really fighting yeah. like Ozai's freaking out like shooting back at him and Aang's just like do 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 <laughs> like following him it's almost like a game of cat and mouse yeah yeah how the tables have turned <laughs> and um so they're fighting and they get to this like weird mountain thing and ang like basically like put like puts ozai down so he can't move and he goes in for the kill he goes in for the kill and he stops and he leaves the avatar state and he stops and he says that i don't want to do this i don't want to end the war like this i don't want to kill you again what i was saying like he doesn't even use the avatar state at the end so i don't think he ever really needed it mm -hmm. Um, but basically he's like, I can't just let Ozai live. Like I can't, you know, do that. And right. so it cuts back to when he was with the lion turtle and the lion turtle explains that like before they bent the elements, they bent their spirits, they bent their energy. They had the power to control energy and everything. And he gives Aang the knowledge and the power to energy bend. And so he says, but you have to be careful. You can't let your energy be overtaken by theirs. So, Aang basically, like, holds Ozai up, and he holds him, and he basically takes his energy away. And the coloring is so cool! Because yeah. it's, like, half red, half blue, and then the red slowly starts to take it over, and then just when you think, it's all blue! <laughs> and it's, like, this beam of light, and, like, can you imagine, like, Sokka and Suki watching this? Like, what the... What the, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, he got it. He got it. All right. Go ahead. Like, what is going on? I know what that blue means. Yeah. That's our boy. Yeah. It's like that that uh that gif of LeBron James where he's like watching the game and he's like mm -hmm. uh. Yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, but he is able to bend and I think he's using his airbendingness to be unbendable. Mm. You know, I think, like, again, I was saying, like, Aang is fighting, I think, as an airbender. And I think he's using all the lessons that he learned through airbending to stay steady and stay, you know, true to who he is. So he's not going to be overtaken by Ozai's energy. Right. Um, and then so he takes it and Ozai is, like, super weak. Um, can you even lift, bro? But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so Aang takes his energy and he kind of collapses because I imagine it's very like draining in general to have yeah. your energy taken. But also for someone like Ozai, his firebending is so much a part of him that for it to be taken from him is probably very, I think, physically detrimental, you know? Yeah. Like it, like, sure, you don't need bending. Like, obviously, like Sokka and Suki and so many people don't have bending and they're fine. But I think for Ozai... So much of his, like, personality, his way of life, his being is centered around firebending. So to take it is so devastating, I think, in a way that it might not be devastating to someone else if you right. took their bending away. So, yeah, he takes his bending and he won. He wins. He wins. And he didn't have to go against his ideals. He didn't have to go against the way that he was raised. And, you know, it's beautiful. I think it's, I think it's wonderful that Aang is able to make that choice, like you were saying. He has that choice. You know, I love that. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't. The thing that makes it even more satisfying is that it wasn't a cop out. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like some bullshit that came out of nowhere. It's like 
he he met the lion turtle. It was something like yeah, you said it was hinted in book two yeah. what the lion turtle was. Met him, learned his new technique, and was able to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. And to be honest, if you think it's a cop out, my one kind of like thing to that is even if it is, why? Why do you care? Mm. Like, aren't you happy that Aang didn't have to kill the Fire Lord? Like, why do you want Aang to kill the Fire Lord so bad? Right. You know? Even if it is a cop-out, even if it is deus ex machina, it's still good. It's still good. Like, you know? Yeah. And I think it was expertly done. You know? Because ever since the, the like, beginning, Aang was saying he didn't want to kill the Fire Lord. It's not like he changed his mind. So if you went into the last episode expecting Aang to do it and kill him, and were disappointed when Aang didn't kill him... You weren't paying attention. Right. You know? Exactly. So uh, Suki and Toph and Sokka basically get to Aang and they're like, oh my God, Aang, you did it. This is great. <laughs> is he still alive? Yes, I'm still alive. And, and like Sokka calls him the loser lord. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, getting pwned by a couple of teenagers. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to be you, Ozai. Yeah, it does. Um, pwned by a bunch of kids. And then the sun sets. The sun sets on the war and it's over. Yep. And, you know, there's more to be done, obviously, but for now, there is some peace. You know, every, all the darkness is going away and the sun is coming out. Um, and then, you know, it cuts to Zuko and he has this like big bandage on, uh, but he's okay. He's okay. He's okay. You know, him and Katara, like she healed him and, you know, she says, like, thank you for saving me. And he, he's like, no, thank you for saving me. Mm-hmm. Oh, they love each other so much. Yes. Um, and he is putting on his robe. And who shows up? May! Oh, love of my life, May. <laughs> uh, she shows up and she... And, like, Zuko's, like, smile is so big. He, like, genuinely loves May. And I love that for him. And um, he looks so happy to see her. And she looks happy to see him. And she helps him get dressed. And he's like, oh, so you're not, like mad at me like we're still gonna be dating and she's like yeah i guess it means i actually kind of like you but don't ever break up with me again <laughs> <laughs> but li- listen having it start from i love the way you hate the world to i actually kind of like you you know what that is growth <laughs> yes it's growth may and zuko are finally i think communicating in a genuine way and i think that's great yay we love to see it we love to see it also may like completely other unrelated but she would be a really good fire lady fire lady yeah fire lady what's that like zuko's wife like he's the fire oh, lord she would be the fire lady fire, okay gotcha because like she i feel like she would probably she would be like there in meetings like everyone would kind of look past her like they wouldn't think anything of her but she's like doing like covert spy missions and she knows all the dirt on everybody because she grew up <laughs> in the nobility like she'd be so important and so good to have in like zuko's cabinet yeah yeah so then everybody's in like the fire nation and they're all reconnecting like they see hakoda and bato and everyone hugs and mm. everyone's happy and then we see the kiyoshi warriors and Ty Lee is with them <laughs> I, this is the one thing i kind of don't get like Ty Lee, you just traded one cage for another the thing that you hated was being compared to your sisters and now you're in a group where you all wear the same outfit and are supposed to act like a cohesive group right all does the same thing and um, maybe there was some type of meaningful bond off screen i mean they did bond in prison i right, guess right I, I mean maybe maybe it's because he or she's making a choice to be part of a match to be set. part of a match set um also it's not like she can join the circus again i feel like that's going to be kind of not going on for a while right um but also you know what it could be Yes, the Kyoshi warriors all look and dress the same, but only when they're fighting. When they're not fighting, they're all, I assume, allowed to, like, be their own person. Right. And I think that is maybe the difference, that, like, when she was a kid, Ty Lee was kind of forced to be just like her sisters. And now it's like, I'm making the choice right now at this moment to look like all these other women. But once it's done, I can be Ty Lee, you know? So maybe, yeah. like, that's why. Yeah. As long as she's happy. <laughs> exactly. Um, so then we see Zuko and A and they're in fancy 
uh, fancy clothes. Um, Aang is dressed like um, Monkeyatsu. Yeah, he is. Where did he get those clothes? That's yeah. what I want to know. <laughs> uh, it, maybe they had some in like an artifact room or something in the Fire Nation, or maybe I like told a seamstress and she was able to do it. But, maybe. Yeah, I'm just wondering where he got those. But we see Zuko. His hair is up in like a little ponytail, which there's got to be so much gel in his hair Dude. because he does not have the length for that. And it's like, it's that ponytail is being held up by hopes and a dream. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, basically, Zuko says like, you know, oh man, I didn't like, isn't it crazy? Like a year ago, I was chasing you and now we're friends. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, a year ago, I was in ice. And now I save the world and we're friends. And that's so important. Zuko and Aang's friendship is so important. And yeah. it just calls back to the Yuyan archers when Aang was like, oh, do you think we could have ever been friends? And Zuko was like, no. Yeah. And now here they are and they are friends. And their friendship is so important. And their friendship is the reason why the world was saved. I yeah. mean, one of the reasons. And, you know, it's so, so it's, oh, I love it. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it's, and it's proof that like the nations can work together and can be together and, and be peaceful. Mm-hmm. And then, so like Zuko and I come out and it's a little sad that Ag is the only like one in yellow. Like there's all this red, all this green, all this blue, no yellow for no Ag, you know, it's sad. Yeah. But, um, Zuko, uh, becomes the Fire Lord. And he says that now is the time for the Fire Nation to basically change and, you know, stop its ways and rejoin, you know, the world as as a peaceful nation. And, you know, just just like, you know, the idea that, like, no longer will the the different kingdoms be fighting against each other. Everyone's going to live in harmony, which is beautiful. Yes. Um. And what I love is that he calls Aang to stand next to him, you know, to show that they're equal. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, Zuko's the Fire Lord, but he is no better than the Avatar. The Avatar deserves just as much respect as Zuko. And that's, I think, really important, you know. Um, And, like, Zuko standing with Aang is sort of, like, fixing Roku and Sozin's mistakes, Mm. you know. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. then it cuts to <laughs> Zuko uh, going to the prison. He mm. sees his father. His father looks pathetic and mm. a mess. And uh, Zuko says, what happened to my mother? Or where is my mother? And then that scene ends. I don't like this. I don't like the way that the show handled the Ursa storyline. One, no one cared. Mm. You know, two, everyone kind of was like, oh, she's dead until Ozai was like, don't you want to know what happened to your mother like four episodes ago? And three, they they ask this question and then they don't resolve it. That's bad writing. I'm sorry. It's mm. it's bad writing. You know, right. like. Oh, but Brielle is in the comics. Bullshit. I shouldn't have to read supplemental material. To answer a question that was posed in the TV show. Mm. Supplemental material is for things like, hmm, I wonder how character A got to that place that we saw them. Hmm, I wonder what happened before the show. Hmm, I wonder what kind of wacky adventures on, wacky adventures the characters went on after the show. Hmm, I wonder about the Cabbage Man. What's his backstory? That's supplemental material. Not a major question that is asked in the last episode. That is bad writing. I should not have to read supplemental material to answer that question. Now, I think that the comics is actually a great place for the Ursa storyline, for them searching for her. I think that's fine. I don't care that they did it in the comic book. However, I just wish they would have like done it better to set that up. So, like, fine. If you want to have a comic be about Zuko searching for his mom, that's fine. But you should have set it up better. Mm. Like, instead of being like, you know, where is my mother? End. Maybe have someone say, so Zuko, now that you're Fire Lord, what are you going to do next? And he could say, well, I'm going to do this, that, and I'm going to go find my mom. My father told me she was still alive. I think I'm going to go find her. That's it. That's all they would have needed to do to make it make sense. Mm. 
because that's because that sets up an adventure. It's not the most important thing because Zuko says that he has other stuff to do. But now we know that that's something that Zuko's going to do and we can read all about it in the comic book. But if we don't want to, we don't have to. And guess what? The story's still fine. It's not an unanswered question. We know that Ursa's out there and we know that Zuko's going to find her. You know, right. it was answered to us. Sure, maybe not fully, but it was answered, you know. So so I just I hate that. I just it's just the one thing it just really gets on my nerves that they did it that way. Because it's just it's bad writing. I'm sorry. Fight me like it, they should have like I don't care that they brought it up, but they should have handled it better. You know, I mean. The fact that they asked it and they made it a part of it and then they left it on a cliffhanger. You know, like, no, right. I shouldn't have to read a comic to answer that question. You know, it's it. the comics are supplemental material. You know, any major questions that you ask in the show should be answered in the show. That's fair. That's a fair you know? argument. That's my biggest problem. Mm -hmm. Also, like just saying, just putting that out there. I've read the synopsis of the search and I've read panel. Uh, it's not even that good. I don't like it. What? I thought it was good. I don't like it. I thought it was good. But, but the beauty of it is I don't have to like it. I don't have to read it. I can ignore it. Mm. You know? No, no, no. I, I get, um, I definitely get your argument. I don't, I do not have a rebuttal. I don't know why they did it that way. Mm. I don't know why they did it that way. It's just, especially when they're so good at foreshadowing and setting up everything else. I don't know why they did it that way. My, um, my theory would be, and I don't know this for sure. I'm pretty sure this question has been answered as to why they decided to do this. But my guess would be they just left the door open in case Nickelodeon was just like, hey, yeah, you, if you guys want to do more Avatar, we can. Because a lot of people regard uh, some of the comics as season four. Yeah. So maybe uh, Mike and Brian were just leaving that door open. I, 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 no, I don't I, I think so. I mean, I don't think it's like the worst idea. Mm. I don't think they were ever planning on doing a fourth season mm. because, because, like, for them to have done to do four seasons, to for them to have planned to do four seasons, but end the third season with the end of the war makes no sense. Mm. You know, because every season has an overarching, has a plot line A B C, as well as the overarching plot line of ang has to defeat the fire lord so for the third season to be like and that plot line that big one that we've been talking about the whole time is over now we're just gonna switch we're just gonna switch and go over to zuko like that that doesn't make and that's bad writing too mm. like because to be honest the whole thing with ursa that's maybe a two episode thing that's not a whole season you can't stretch that out for a whole season that would be ridiculous like how much could you really do with that like you know well, I don't think they were ever planning to do a fourth season. I think the only reason they say that is to one, make M. Night Shyamalan look bad, which, you know, he kind of deserves it. But two is to make fans happy. I don't think they would have stretched into a whole season. I think it would have been more of uh, like a team TV movie type thing. Like That's for... fine. That would have been fine. Mm -hmm. but, but again, they shouldn't have set it up like a cliffhanger like, like a that. Cliffhanger. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. No, I get you. That's my issue with mm. it. That's my issue with it. And that's uh, whatever. <laughs> that's my issue with it. I'm done. I'm done talking about it. It's a fair point. It's definitely a fair point. Yeah. So then it cuts again to a bunch of children playing in the street and they're like sh kicking balls through all those um those war machines. The earth is healing. Yes. The earth is healing. The children are playing with these things that once could kill them and now they see them as merely playthings. And mm. that's beautiful and wonderful. It's very symbolic. And they are all at, I assume, like Uncle Iroh's house. At the end? Yeah. Isn't that the, the tea shop? Oh, maybe it is. I just, no. I, I assume that's what it was, that it was his house or his tea shop. Mm. And everyone is there and everyone is friends, even May. <laughs> I love that. Mm. I love that May is there. Um, all those Earth Kingdom fits are like, they're really good. Those yeah, are they good. are. Those are good. Those are very pretty. Um, and, um, you know, everyone's there. Zuko's kind of serving tea and Sokka's like I'm painting a picture and like everyone's like Sokka this is terrible <laughs> why'd you give me Momo's ears those are your hair loopies well at least you look like you I look like a porcupine well I look like a man 
And then Toph's like, I think you all look great. <laughs> like such a heartwarming moment. Yeah, it's really, really sweet. Um, and I like that May is there, you know, May and Suki and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so Aang is outside. He's looking kind of at, at Ba Sing Se and seeing all the beauty and the light. And yes, there's still things to rebuild. And yes, all the problems aren't gone. But there's so much hope and light and peace in the world. And Katara comes out and she hugs him. I honestly think that the show should have ended after the hug. Not the kiss. Yeah, I think that after they hugged, they should have turned out to the sky and then it should have ended. I don't think they should have kissed. Mm-hmm. That's just me. That's just me. I ship Katang, but that's, you know, I feel that. Um, and the reason is because while I think romantic love is important and it is important to the characters, there are plenty of instances of romantic love that ends up being like something that saves you, like Mei with Zuko and like Sokka and Suki. I feel like the more important love or type of love in the show that the show preaches is like platonic love, love of family, love of friends. And so that's why I kind of wish that the show had just ended with their hug. Because if you want to, as a shipper, you can definitely see that as romantic. But you don't necessarily have to. Um, but I think it's just, it's, I just think that a hug is more powerful than a kiss, actually. Mm. I think a hug is more powerful than a kiss. I get it. You know, um, because I think it's the well, it, while the romantic relationships are definitely important, I think it's the platonic ones that make the show and make the characters so strong. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, and got the girl. He deserves a kiss. Yeah. Um, and then the show ends with him and Katara together, and it goes off into the sunset. In the and end. It's the end. And that music at the end, the do, 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 do. Oh, it's so calming and so peaceful. It's beautiful. It is. And then the show is over. The end. The end. I mean, I have my gripes about... Gripes I didn't have before that I have now mm-hmm. with the kiss and all that. Because I was thinking about everything that you were saying while we're watching essentially kids. Yeah, I was like, ooh, this is like a 13-year-old. <laughs> and... um. I'm not going to go on a rant, even though I want to. <laughs> you can. No, I'm not going to. Already, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to spare everyone. But this is what happens when people, when creators make a cartoon show that's geared towards kids, but have adult, adult theming mm-hmm. so that it appeals to, you know, people our age. Yeah. And this is not on the this is not on the creators. This is on the networks mm-hmm. because the networks are always pushing for. Obviously, we're a a kids network. We have to appeal to kids, which I understand. Yeah, fine. But oh, now that I'm talking out loud, maybe it is part of the creators' fault too. So it's it's fifty fifty mm-hmm. because you have a creator who wants to tell this really cool story that has a little bit of adult theming, so they got to dumb it down just a bit. Mm-hmm. And then you got the network who's just trying to make money and trying to, like, sell a product, whatever. Yeah. So what fucks it up is when uh, when they when they do have, like, adult themes and, like, they kiss at the end. And it's like, oh, well, these are kids. Just right off the bat, just fucking make them 20-year-olds or something like that. Like, you, they can't because that's to appeal to kids. Yeah. So it's just... so. It's it's just this this back and forth, and I'm I'm just it annoys me that networks don't think that the demographic of eighteen and up don't like cartoons. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like what is that? Like that to them that demographic does not exist. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Because think about how many like live action shows are about high school, and these kids are off doing drugs, drinking, having sex. You know, it'd be really easy if you just made them in college. But for some reason, they won't do it. They will not write these shows as if these kids are in college when that would give them so much more freedom as writers. But like, ooh, scandalous high school, you know. And then you have these like 25 year old people playing 16 year olds, which is fucking everybody up who's watching because it's telling all the 16 year olds you have to look like this. And Mm. it's telling all the 25 year olds, hey, 16 year olds are hot and sexy. You know, like it's yeah, it's bad. Kind of predatory now. Yeah. Like, I don't think that Avatar was being predatory. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the other but stuff. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, other yeah. Stuff. 
Oof. It's just it's just really fucking annoying. Yeah. And I, I'm just really the reason why I'm angry about it now mm-hmm. is because of how, when when you and I are talking about it, and because they just canceled Infinity Train because it didn't appeal to kids. No. Eighteen to twenty five to thirty. That demographic exists. Cartoon Network. It exists. We 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 like Infinity Train. Yeah. You didn't have to cancel it. It didn't have to appeal to kids. It was it was on fucking HBO Max. Yeah. Wasn't even on Cartoon Network anymore. HBO Max. It was a streaming thing. You could have kept it, but no, because mm-hmm. it didn't appeal to kids and it was a little too dark. Yeah. Boom. Because with so. with animation, it's like there's only two ways. There's kid animation and adult animation. There's no. And adult there. animation is like Family Guy, and that sucks yeah. because you know animation is a beautiful medium. You can do so much with animation. And I think this idea that it can only be for kids, it can only be like Disney movies, or it can only be like Family Guy is really limiting, you know? Because like you have all these like really interesting like foreign films that use animation and it's so cool, like Persepolis and stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. they use animation to tell a really dramatic story and it works. And it's a shame that we don't do that in the US, that we haven't gotten there yet. I mean, Netflix is starting to... Uh, garner, garner, um, aim at that demographic. So Netflix is doing right. So HBO Max, you're pretty much just helping your competition. <laughs> yeah. So you know, if you lose money, fuck you. Yeah. And it's all because AT and T, they they got they're trying to get out of debt. Yeah. So, anyways. But also, I think it's it's also on on fault of the networks for treating children like they're stupid. That's children true. Children are as smart as you allow them to be. Children are as smart as you allow them to be. They can be so smart and they deserve good media. They deserve good television. They could deserve good movies. It doesn't have to be dumbed down. It, you, you know, I, I, I look back at cartoons that we grew up on. Yeah. Hey Arnold, Cat Dog and all that. And I watched them back. Now I'm just like, wow, I'm happy I had this as, as a kid. Yeah. Because, you know, just the influences that they brought. Like, Hey Arnold's like real jazz influence and everything yeah. and the stories that they were able to tell. I'm happy I had that as a kid. Yeah. Like, even though it kind of went over my head, but watching it back as an adult, I'm like, wow, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we definitely had stupid cartoons. Yeah, Like, of you course. and I definitely had stupid cartoons that were just, you know, rot. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like a lot of cartoons that we did watch dealt with, like, really, not necessarily important issues, but, like, issues, you know? Like, Hey Arnold dealt with, um, you know different types of families and and growing up in different types of socioeconomic classes you know it talked a little bit about you know adoption and children and fostering and stuff and like yeah rugrats you know dealt with understanding adult concepts but for children you know i mean it definitely talked a little bit about like sibling jealousy um it had representation for jewish kids and you know for for kids who celebrate kwanzaa like black kids and everything um you know, then you had like Doug, mm. which was, I think, a really great show because yeah. Doug dealt with a lot of like normal teenager problems and stuff. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And 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 just go back um, where I would say it's 50-50 and it kind of goes on the creator as well. Because mm-hmm. if, if you got, don't pitch it to a cartoon network. Don't pitch it to a kid's network then if they're not going to allow you to finish it because it's... and. And I I know it's kind of hard to like foresee that. It was like, yeah. oh, but, but at the end of the day, it, certain networks have a track history of pulling this shit. Yeah. So going into it, maybe, maybe I should hold this idea, maybe pitch it to a Netflix. Or yeah. if you're going to go to Cartoon Network, at least pitch it to Adult Swim or mm. something, you know? Yeah. But whatever. Um, I mean, I think that, that, I don't think that the creators of Avatar did anything wrong. No, no. I no. think that, Nickelodeon at that time had a good track record. Mm. And I think that the show works because it's about children. Well, it had okay. They, they kind of fucked over my life as a teenage robot. Yeah, but, with the, uh, but I, I think, and I think the show, it's important that they're kids. Because as we see in the show, the adults kind of drop the ball. Yeah. And it's the youth, it's the children that are able to save the world because they see the world in new eyes and I think that's important. Yes, it is. You know, I think that the fact that Avatar is about children is not just because it's a kid's show. I think it had to be that they were kids, hmm. you know? I, I don't think it. it would have worked if they were adults. I get it. You know? 
just just ticked off about Infinity Chain, but <laughs> it's okay. So overall, this was a great series. It is. You it know? really was. I I'm so happy that I watched it. That I was like, I I bit the bullet and I said, you know what? I'm gonna really sit down and watch it. That that week, um, a couple years ago, a uh, couple years ago. No, it was only a year ago. It feels that long. It though. feels that long. Yeah. Um, and that I'm so happy that we were able to do this. That mm-hmm. we were able to find this common ground and talk about it, because rewatching it has made me love it so much more. Mm. Has made me appreciate it so much more. Um, you know, I I, I really. This Avatar is not a perfect show. It's not, you know, and I think it's wrong to say it is. It definitely has issues, um, some bigger than others. Mm -hmm. But I think ultimately, this is just a damn good show. It has good characters, good writing, good plot development. The world building is really great. You know, it's fun to watch. It's interesting. Like, it's just a good show. Yes. And I feel like especially now we are so oversaturated with media. We are so oversaturated with television shows and streaming platforms and this and that, that to be able to say, here is a good show that I can watch anytime and enjoy it is so nice. Yeah. You know, it's so nice. <laughs> Definitely, man. And I, I agree. We we watching this and discussing it with you open my eyes to different ideas that i didn't think of right re-watching it by myself oh awesome yeah so this was very yeah enjoyable experience all right everyone so this is the end of the podcast yes um we are going to be taking a short break while we figure things out we might come back with a different format or a different setup we haven't decided yet but thank you so much to all of our supporters for our watchers and our listeners it means so much that you kind of were on this journey with us mm-hmm. Um, um, for now, <laughs> anywhere you find podcasts, you can listen to us on uh, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, anywhere you find podcasts. If you're watching us on YouTube, we're here at YouTube <laughs> under a rock with Brielle and Gerlin. And just thank you for riding with us on this ride. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what the next chapter is. Yeah, exactly. Um, please follow our Instagram. Yes. Any kind of news or updates will be on that. Um, all the links will be in the description of the YouTube video. All right. All right. Well, peace out. Bye. Bye.